What's up, everybody? Editor Josh here. The music you're listening to right now is from Stax Buddies band No Vacancy. They are a local band from Buffalo. This is their new single, Frames. We'd like to ask you to please stream this wherever you get your music and follow them on their socials. Without further ado, let's get into the show. And I watch you sail away into a place unknown, maybe one with no stress to Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast, brought to you by NHL News Updates. We got a hell of a show coming at you guys. Leonard's saying some stuff. There's still issues in Buffalo. People are getting signed, but we'll get to that later. I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steve, and Stack. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Feeling a little icky after getting the second stabby stab, but my 5G is working at full capacity now. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, but I got my second shot today, and I'm feeling a little, feeling it a little bit, a little sore. But I hope I won't be sore tomorrow for my first day at Best Buy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, so other than that, though, things going good. I had a good weekend. Are you saying you have shoulder pain? I'm saying I have everywhere pain. Do you know what helps shoulder pain? I don't know if I want to. Look up Step Brothers to find out. Uh, I remember now. Anyway, I, I Stack, would finish it, but I'm not going to. Stack, uh, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, actually. Um, I really have no complaints right now. Everything's going good. Um, trying to cut weight again. I know I feel like I say that every two weeks, but it's just so easy to fall out of. But this time I'm actually pretty serious about it. Um, eating right, I say, is I have a giant plate of food. Um, it's because I eat like two square giant meals a day. Um, hey, man, Subway's healthy for you. Look at Jared. Yeah. Amen. Oh, maybe not him. <laughs> I mean, healthy is one thing. Um, mentally healthy is the other. Either way, I'm good. Steve, how are you doing this week? Uh, pretty good. Um, it's been a busy, it's been a busy day. Nice, uh, 10 hour work day to start out the last couple of weeks before the 10, 15 deadline. And just tried a new recipe that my, uh, sweet mother sent me. It's this, uh, tortellini pepperoni. And I threw ground beef in there, casserole sort of thing. Tastes pretty good. Love that sounds fire. Love to hear it. Sounds pretty good. Kind of jealous, um, but well, come to Rochester. I'll cook. Listen, do less things with your life. That's the issue. I do a lot with my life. I I am either working with my girlfriend doing something along those lines, or starting out new business paths, which I will get into later and in the coming weeks. A lot of big news coming from my end. Hopefully, along while also including these guys. But with that, this is a hockey podcast, and that's what we're here to talk about. So I'm going to jump it right over to Stack to give us a little insight on what's going on with the Leafs as we're getting close to the season getting on the way, how they've been this preseason, and all that jazz. Yeah, it's been a pretty interesting preseason for the Blue and White. Um, not a whole lot of really like crazy storylines. Like No one's insanely surprising out of camp except – Michael Bunting. He has been amazing for the Leafs so far. He's got, I think, four or five goals in three games. Granted, three of them came from a power play only hat trick against the Senators. But either way, 
he's looking like a bona fide Zach Hyman replacement. I mean, John Tavares said he looked like Matt Molson. He played like Matt Molson, and we know before coming to Buffalo, obviously Matt Molson was a thirty goal scorer. Um, if that's that, that's some pretty high praise from a guy who doesn't give out a ton of praise all too much. Um, besides that, the team just looks different. I mean. I feel like I see it every year and I'm always disappointed, but it seems like there's a different energy this year around the team. It seems like they know what they got to do, but it's also an an aura of it's their last shot as a core. If this doesn't go right this season, one of the core four is gone and it's not Matthews and it's not Tavares. So going to be interesting yeah. to see what goes on from here forth. Obviously, I'm only looking towards the postseason, but going to be interesting to see how it shakes out if they ever get there. In the interest of making you guys roll your eyes as often as humanly possible. So what you're saying is Michael Bunting is more of a home run than a bunt, isn't he? Can someone cancel Steve? Can Steve not be part of those business ventures you were talking about? <laughs> this is our annual Boo Steve section. <laughs> I thought I'd get it out early. Save you, save you guys some trouble of trying to track down the moment. Casey Middlestad is a good hockey player. Good to hear. But how does this affect the Leafs? <laughs> It means that Middlestat's going to score on the Leafs during the Heritage Classic. Now that's a that's a bold statement. Middlestat's not going to be on the Leaf, on the Sabres during the Heritage Classic. That's an even bolder statement. Anyway, sorry. Stack continue. <laughs> and he's muted. Lovely. Woo! Wow, did I really just do that? Yep. Yeah, wake up, Stacko. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. Let's keep that because it was funny. Any whoms, um, besides the forward, I mean, besides Michael Bunting, it's going to be interesting to see if or how Timothy Liljegren fits into this lineup because sort of how the offense core four seems like they know it's their last shot. Timothy Liljegren also seems to know that it's his last chance to get a spot on this team. And When do you think they make a call on him? And like, if you like, I mean, I don't know how you feel about wanting to trade him, but when do you, what do you think they would get for him if they did trade him? Well, the only scenarios I could see them getting or trading him away. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. It'd have to be near the deadline. And that's only because it was just announced before tonight's preseason game that Travis Dermott is out hurt. So that leaves the sixth defenseman seventh or fifth or sixth defenseman spot open Mm -hmm. my only hiccup was that is you're essentially gonna ice the top pair the top two pairs really stay the same so riley and brody and then muzzin and hall the problem there is then you ice as your fifth and sixth sandine and liljegren the two youngest defensemen on the team playing together if you trust them, that's one thing. But knowing Keith, I don't know. I think he does trust them. But, th- I mean, on the whole, you don't want two young defensemen playing together 
Because that could lead to either A, bad habits, or B, a dependency issue. I mean, look, Morgan Bryson at at the end of last season for the Sabres. I mean, yeah. It will certainly be interesting how that all shakes out. And and as for goaltending, though, Mrazek looks great so far. I'm pleasantly surprised by him. Uh, I hope he keeps it up genuinely. Um, I would love to see their dynamic with him and Campbell, how, who is going to get more time, but it does really suck that, um, Joseph Wool got hurt because he was looking really good. I thought it was and, Scott Wool. Okay. So there's Ian Scott and Joseph Wool. Oh, so you just combine their names. <laughs> Whoops. I mean, but, if you put them together, that's one hell of a goaltender. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either way. Well, one thing to keep an eye on, like you said, you don't, you're not sure if Keith's going to trust putting the two young defensemen together, but you also said that this is their year to go for it. This is their last shot with their current core. Nothing risked, nothing gained. I think that is the risky, that is the most sane, risky deployment that you could do to try and get, you know, some bang for your buck here. Yeah. Speaking of bucks, um, it's pretty clear the Leafs are going to stick with the management and coaching instead of the players after this year because they just signed Travis or Travis. They just, fuck. They just signed Sheldon Keefe to a two year extension, kicks in after this season. So it's clear that um, one, he isn't the problem. And two, Dubas and Shanahan see him as the future coach, at least for the next two seasons after this one. So you're so, saying they shine Sheldon Keefe? Yeah, something like that. Is, Anyways, down is by this the, kind of a. The seashore? Yeah. Is this kind of a prove it deal for Sheldon Keefe, too? Yeah, uh, I would say so. Um, besides that, it's a prove it deal. It's his time to, I mean, these next two years, besides this one, it's going to be the optimal situation for him. Like I talked about when I went on the I-80 show last week, Keith hasn't had a full season, a full normal season with his players. First season, he took over for Babcock, and then COVID happened, and then they got bounced by Columbus in the play-in. Still COVID, 56-game season, shortened training camp. Obviously, we know what happened. And as a byproduct of that, now they get a full season, no restrictions, full training camp, full amount of time to implement the style he wants, the systems he wants. And I think this year is going to be a surprise to a lot of people who doubted the Leafs. And I think the next two years, regardless of what happens, Keith's going to shine. I think he has to anyways. Whether yeah, I mean, I, whether he will of, or not, he has to. It's kind of his time where he's like, he's got those, he's had those guys for a while now, you know, like it's where I guess you could say he's got his systems in place and he's had ample time to kind of get it all together. And now he's got to, you know, actually just go do it um no i i mean i think they should stick with him long term even like 
like you said, like this, who knows what happens this season? I mean, if Marner leaves at the end of the year or even at the deadline for some reason, I think you should still, it, it's not Keefe's fault. Like Marner, I don't think should be on the Leafs. Yeah. And that's uh, saying that right now. Like, no, I, I don't I, think I he fits on the Leafs. I think after, again, I sort of talked about this with the I-80 guys. If anyone's moved at the deadline, it's not going to be the core four. It's going to be the core one of the core five, that fifth being Morgan Riley. His deal's up at the end of this year. Of course, Dreger's already reporting, oh, he's going to make over eight because Dreger's a fucking homer for every agent in the league, especially every agent of a Maple Leafs player. But, um, I mean, realistically, if Mo has a good season, he could fetch eight somewhere. But, if a team really wants Morgan Riley and Sandine and Liljegren show that they make great strides in the lineup, then Riley's expendable. Sure, you need a competent defenseman back in the deal, but getting Mo off the books and then maybe getting a high draft pick to sort of help refill the cabinet, it wouldn't be a bad deal. But that's a in bold season. move. Cotton. Off season's different. The the only way I see him being dealt at deadline instead of uh off season is if one of sandine or liljegren show that they're like hey i'm ready to be maybe not that guy but like i'm a top four defenseman already this year mm-hmm. you can move someone up the lineup for the rest of the season and bank on the goaltending of mrazic and campbell which i think is actually gonna be really good this year for the leafs yeah i, I agree with all of what you said I mean, Sandin showed flashes of being that number one this year or last year so far. He needs to take a step, but if Timothy Lilligren turns into something, man, that is that is a treasure. It's hard to find a competent two-way right-handed shot defenseman who can play up and down in your defensive lineup. And if he turns into something, it's as good as gone because they already have a lefty playing the right-hand side in the top four in yeah. Brody. So you move Muzzin up, then you move, you know, Hall down because frankly Hall is worse without Muzzin. So you move up Sandy Liljegren, then you get another defenseman to play with Hall, who's a lefty. Boom. I mean, just, I love just, that. I, I say just move Dermot back up into the lineup and boom. Yeah, see, that's the thing. He's not Bogosian. I, as much as this may be a surprise to you guys, Bogosian was the stability in the Leafs defensive lineup last year. And missing him really hurts. Really hurts. Because Bogo could come in every night and you knew what to expect. I don't you, know what to expect with Travis Dermott. From Bogo, I would expect a muffin up the middle and a goal against at least once or twice a game due to a very boneheaded play. See, that was Buffalo Bogosian. Tampa Toronto Bogosian is was Toronto was among the least goals allowed. I mean, granted, maybe a product of their division, which I mean, even though it was the second highest scoring per game, but either way, um, their defensive scheme really limits um, point shots and shots from inside the slot. Um, and he played a style that kept guys to the outside. Guys were afraid to cut in on Bogosian because they knew he would hit them or at least push them off the puck. Dermot won't do that. Dermot could lay a hit here and there, but he's going to give it away. 
Bogo didn't give away. Sure, he maybe threw one up the up the glass and every once in a while got an icing, but he was never giving the puck away. Dermot is a giveaway machine. It's definitely fair. And speaking of give, giveaways, as we move on, we're going to talk about a goalie that, you know, Sabres fans know has given away a lot of shootout and breakaway goals. However, he's been going off on the NHLPA on Twitter, and that's Robin Leonard. We've seen it before. You guys have heard me talk about Robin Leonard before and how much I love that he stands up and fights for what he believes in, especially the mental health and the handling of the players by the NHLPA. Yeah, he, he, he has been quite vocal on, on Twitter to the point where the NHL is trying to get like a meeting with him, probably to say, simmer there, bud. You're... Uh, you're exposing a little too much. Yeah, Emily <clears throat> Emily Kaplan tweeted out like you know that the NHL was trying to get him for an, an interview, as they called it, and someone um like screenshotted it, edited the picture, and says, "Here, I fixed it for you." Instead of interview, it says silence. <laughs> so they're I, they're they're not wrong though. They're they're trying yeah. to get him to be like, "Hey, we get it. Things are messed up right now, but too far." And I if Anyone knows Robin Leonard? He's just going to go back and be like, maybe you shouldn't have let it get to that point. Right. Like, you lay in the bed you made. Like, that is – it's it's their own fault at this point. The, and honestly, I'm wondering, do you think the NHL will not I – mean, they could – could they suspend him, you think? Or will they? The, it, that they would be – if, if, if they even tried to, I think you'd true. see yeah. a lot of players be like, Hold up. What? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you do as the NHL on this standpoint? I mean, I guess you kind of just got to come clean. Fix your shit. Else, it's as simple as else, that. I mean, the whole thing is a PR disaster, but other than coming clean, everything else will be astronomically worse. You know what I mean? It's as simple as fix your shit. There's even been um, sources going out about more than just what Robin Leonard has talked about. He's talked mainly about you know, the Sabres situation, A, with Jack Eichel, B, with him. But Drew Wheeler on Twitter, he has a blue check mark in case anyone's wondering, so he's legit. Sources, the Flyers training staff gave Nolan Patrick non-prescribed, non-prescribed ambient and benzodiazepines to help with the traumatic head injury while not disclosing the medication given to him at the time. They were not, t- they, they didn't tell Nolan Patrick, what he was taking. They're just like, here, take this. It'll help you feel better. I, you have to tell your the players what they're what they're about to put into their body. That's just me. That's just first on, you know, morality. And to kind of go back to see to, you know, explain what set this all off for anyone who might not know. Uh Leonard sounded off on Twitter. I was trying to find the exact tweets, but He's been uh, very active. So many, so, it, so many. It, it, it was a, uh, it was hard to find pinpoint the uh, one that broke the dam. But the basic gist of it was after he went on uh, spit and chicklets and talked about kind of his experiences with the medical staff in Buffalo. And no, they were not good experiences. He, he's very, he holds a grudge. Uh, they screwed up his ankle. They did not help him rehab, and it started a very very bad trend with his time in buffalo thank goodness he's doing better now but he was sounding off in jack eichel's defense because he is still not able 
to get the surgery that he and the doctor he is taking advice from think is best. And at this point, Leonard was sounding off on the NHL Players Association for not standing up for one of their own. And he was going to let everyone hear about it. Yeah. And the, the bigger thing too, like that I'm, I'm been, I've been seeing a lot is everyone going back at him. Like, Oh, like remember this is a guy that has, has alcohol issues, drug issues, uh, bipolar. It's like, like it could just be his bipolar talk. Like, no, shut, like literally shut the fuck up about that because it's not, he's on medication for it. And that is, literally you're doing to him worse than what he's doing to the NHLPA, in my opinion. Yeah. The absolute laziest response to anyone's uh, statement or opinion is to say, Oh, well you have a character flaw or an issue. So therefore your opinion is not valid. Not even disputing what he's talking about. You're just doing a character attack to try and discredit what he's saying. That makes you intellectually, dishonest and morally repugnant yeah and no i do not have a thesaurus in front of me (laughs) i'm hoping this gets figured out i'm hoping that this kind of opens the eyes of a lot of players going through injury issues with their teams and making sure that you know they stay on top of what they're taking or they have you know some of these some of these like higher end players you know they have someone watching over you know they got they got their own personal doctors, whatever. They're, someone's watching over what they are taking. Like, I'm hoping that's happening now with all this going on. So one thing with Leonard's rampage, the one of the first targets he had was Flyers coach Elaine Vigneault. And I wanted to, I was, while you guys were doing your whole little spiel there, I was searching up the quotes from his press conference today. Um, because obviously this is a big media thing and, you know, media was kind of ask, asking all these questions. <clears throat> One of uh, part of Leonard's, you know, attack at Vigneault called him a dinosaur coach, basically like a very torts like coach where he's going to push his players to the limit and then some because he's one of the good old boys of hockey. And back in my day, hockey players played through anything sort of guy. And, <clears throat> you know, Vigneault said, you know, I'm demanding, but I care about my players. As for me pushing pills, I don't need another income. Um, so that, like, it, it seems like the Flyers got very on top of this very quickly. Um, he does say, um, he's, you know, he, he said that he doesn't know if, um, he hasn't spoken to the NHL, but he doesn't know if Chuck Fletcher has. Um, so it's kind of like, not everyone's quite on the same page. I mean, it did just happen this morning, so it's not fully out there yet, but it's it's looking okay for the Flyers from a PR perspective and from a team perspective. Um, but I don't know. I, this could still blow up in their faces if, if Nolan Patrick comes out and says some stuff. A, a big thing, too, with uh, Elaine Vigneault's um, presser, I believe it was actually – I, I want to say it was actually yesterday that it happened, but it might have been this morning. I don't remember. But – he he kind of attacked Leonard for attacking him. And it's the issue with that is the fact that what Vigneault said is not what Leonard actually said or meant. It's it this has already been so changed by the media because n- no one will accept the fact that they are in the wrong. 
that's the issue. No one wants to accept the blame and take in the responsibility that they are wrong in this situation. Right. And the yeah, media is and, and the media is going to turn everything to attack everyone because any publicity is good publicity. Right. Leonard somehow will not look like the good guy by the end of this. The league will somehow get somewhat of a slap on the wrist and then that's about it. And who knows if things go back to normal, who knows if things change a little bit, but judging from the NHL's past, I I don't want to be I mean, I know shockingly I'm not the optimist here, but I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I don't think the NHL is going to do much of anything to change the situation. They're going to try to silence Leonard as quickly as possible and kind of brush it under the rug. The only way the NHL does something about this, in my opinion, unless Leonard actually somehow gets to them, is if more players start to come out. Right. Like I said, if Nolan Patrick, if Nolan Patrick comes out and says, you know, like, no, like Vigneault's lying. Like I was, I'm really messed up because, or I was really messed up because of that. The Flyers are just, Vigneault will never coach in the league again. Fletcher will probably be fired. Like that would be one of the worst things for the, for the team and probably for the league as well, for not knowing that that happened or knowing that that happened and letting it go. Oh, the league knows everything that happens within organizations. Do they Unless... though? Have you seen them try and run this league? Shit, you're right. You're right. Yeah. They're and one of, one of, one of the main problems with this whole situation is it's very hard to convey tone and to have a nuanced discussion about something as complex as the medical treatment of NHL hockey players with 180 characters. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember me and you and I, Luke, were talking about something we threw out there, and I took it one way, you meant it another, and it, it's it's really hard to convey exactly what you mean when it's short little snippets. Exactly. So I would encourage everybody to say what you will about the spit and chicklets guys, but that interview with Leonard where he's able to – explain himself in a lot more detail and a lot more nuance than a few tweets. Go listen to that before you make a judgment on him and let the flyers have their day. This is a very complicated situation. There's a lot of things we don't. By the league is something that's not going to go away. Definitely. And for those wanting to know what episode that is, this it is Spit and Chicklets episode 353 featuring Robin Leonard. Definitely go check it out. It's a great listen. You hear Leonard's entire story. Like, Leonard actually gets to get his voice heard in a full context, not just a thread on Twitter that he's trying to do in a thousand words in a thread. He's actually getting everything out and getting asked the questions that need to be asked by the spit and chicklets guys. So it's definitely a great listen. And he talks a lot about the Sabres organization and what happened with him there. And obviously we're seeing it again with Jack Eichel. Yep. A uh, quick update it's on Eichel. It, it was, it, it was reported that the Sabres are now allowing other teams who are interested in trading for him to see his medical records. So hopefully that's, another chip in this giant block of fossilized shit that is the situation here in Buffalo. 
Uh, hopefully they just keep working at it. Um, we've, we've talked it to death. Every podcast on the face of the North American earth has talked about it. Uh, so we're, we're not going to harp on it, but Eichel's agent, Pat Prasan got a couple of big, big things off his plate and getting two of his big clients signed in Vancouver. Yeah. Yes, um, so he did. So Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes finally signed. Josh, you want to hit me with their contracts? Yeah, so uh, Quinn Hughes signed with a bigger contract, six years, $7.85 million. And Elias Patterson signed three years, $7.35 million. So Hughes honestly got what we wanted Darlene to get. And Patterson got what Darlene got. With a little bit more money. Well, yeah, a little more money. More impactful player at this point, and he's a little older, a little more yeah. leverage. Yep. So so here's the thing with Patterson's contract. On paper, it is bad. Yes. Low key. It is it is bad. You just, and those that follow hockey Twitter, especially Saber Twitter, that follow Chad Dean Minnesota, he tweeted about it. This is a bad contract. However The only good thing about it is he's still an RFA at the end of it. However, who sees Patterson on this team at the end of this contract? Because I don't. Oof. <clears throat> Another thing, though, is say what you will about Bim Jennings, but he completely revamped the identity of the Vancouver Canucks. He got rid of that entire garbage-ass bottom third of the lineup and brought in one of the best and probably most underrated players in the league from teams who have absolutely no coverage because they suck in Connor Garland. And they also brought in Oliver Ackman Larson, who for years has been on the downtrend, but look at the team he's on. I think in this defensive lineup and getting a little more power play time, he makes, he makes up for it. And Pedersen is obviously the centerpiece of this team. I think he out for, he starts to outperform that deal by midseason, he missed most of last season with injuries and the season before he was on a tear. So what is, and what, I, are the, what do these two contracts mean for Brock Besser next year? Who is an RFA, mind you future leaf for Mitch Marner, Brock Besser. <laughs> that That's another name. He's probably not on that team much longer. See, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I mean, he okay, is Besser, the biggest trade bait from no, Besser. Besser, I could see Vancouver traded, right now. I was the only person who thought that Pedersen would not be traded by the end of his contract. I think Pedersen gets offer sheeted at the end of this contract, and I think he goes wherever he gets offer sheeted to. I don't think the team trades him, and I don't think he has to be traded purely because I think it's kind of like a Darlene deal where you want to see where you go in the next three years, and I think he'll play that three years out regardless. I mean, unless the team is just absolutely abysmal, but I don't think they will be. I still, I think they're still going to compete. You still got Brock Besser, you got Bo Horvat, you add Connor Garland, you add OEL. I mean, your goalies—you have an aging Yarrow Halak and um, a young Thatcher Demko. I, I, I don't know. I don't think they're in as terrible shape as people say, but they're also not like on the edge of like being the best team in the NHL, but. I think Pedersen helps them get to that better team in the NHL, but 
I don't I don't see him leaving the next three years. Here's why people are down on Vancouver. They don't really have anyone coming up in the system. And every every so every prospect they have, they they have on the roster, basically. So there's no golden knight coming up to save them from mediocrity. So if they don't that they're hoping for, well, if they don't pull this crap off now, one, I don't know how Jim Benning is still employed, but I love it because bad GMs having jobs is better for the savers because eventually you'll make a good trade with them if you're smart, but Benning should be this should be his last year if they don't make a serious push into at least the second round of the playoffs because this is it this is their team there's nothing really that they can look forward to if this doesn't work out well and this might be like one of the better chances and better years for them to make at least like a little bit of a push in the playoffs obviously vegas and colorado are going to run that western conference there's there's almost no doubt in my mind on that Vegas and Colorado are like the de facto one twos of that conference. After that, it all depends on how the teams perform and build the chemistry. After that, there's not a team that's like, hey, I'm right here and ready. Minnesota's trying to push. Carrillo's locked up. Their defense is still pretty decent. St. Louis is still trying to be stay active and in there. Dallas, as we know, is always on the cusp Edmonton's trying to push, but this is Vancouver's chance to show like, Hey, we have a young team, but we have the potential to continue to grow. Like you said, this is, this is Jim, Jim Bang's last chance. I, I don't know how he's still employed. <clears throat> yeah. I think honestly, I, I have a theory. This is why, GMs make such terrible deals on July 1st because some of them have to know, all right, if this doesn't work out, I'm probably not going to be here in a couple of years. So why do I care if I sign Kyle Oposo for seven years at $6 million per, if it blows up in my face, guess what? I'll be training horses down in bumfuck nowhere like Tim Murray. Yeah, that that's literally about? what he that's literally what he does. Is something something to do with horses. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I have another theory on why, but I've had enough theories for one show. No, no, don't say that theory. I I no. <laughs> what? Know. I just I just oh. think the NHL's blackballed him oh, because, I you're about Tim because he had the stones to be like, "All right, I'm going to do everything I can to make my team better, and if I screw another GM over, I don't care." Whereas guys like Jason Botterill, who play the politics of it, buddy, buddy, you know, I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine. That's why he gets another job, even though he was wildly more incompetent. Gotcha. I thought you were going a completely different route with that. I'm sorry. My, nah. my mind is in the gutter. No, Anyways. strictly railing against the old boys club, as I like to do. Oh, yeah. We all love to do that. Real quick, as we're bashing the NHL again, the new cross-checking rule is absolutely stupid. There's like a new cross-checking rule. They're cracking down on cross-checking. Like the Sabres just got a penalty in their preseason game for like a tap from, I, I don't even know who went to the box. I think it was Hinnestroza. He like tapped a guy to the ground with like two hands on the stick, like barely touched the guy and goes to the box. Blue Jackets score on the penalty kill. But then Tage Thompson gets pinned to the boards with like, I, I, this guy is just holding 
the Sabres, I, I don't think it's Thompson. Oh, he's holding Darlene to the boards. And the refs are just not calling it. The puck is out of the zone. And he's just being held to the boards. It's like, okay, cool. Well, that's that's just holding. But... Was it holding or was it a hug? They're just they're just hugging who, each who other. Are, they who are you to judge? Against each other. Considering exactly. that Darlene's arms were like back away from the guy, I think if it was considered a hug, he'd be pro- the guy would probably be put in jail for a night for some sort of harassment. <laughs> what if he said surprise? Well, it's still not okay. <laughs> I think that makes it worse. Um, yes. <laughs> I'll see myself anyway. out. But anyway. With that, speaking of surprises, I believe Stack has some trade ideas for us slash other RFA stuff going on. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the RFA stuff, actually. So there's still one big name RFA not signed. Um, We've talked about how um, what's-his-nuts from Minnesota signed. Why am I blanking on his name right now? Kaprizov. Kaprizov signed. Now the two Vancouver Canucks young guns are signed. There's still one missing, on, again, from a northern team, and that's Brady to Chuck. And while I don't think he's going to be traded because Ottawa obviously knows that he is their centerpiece and it's really hard to get a guy like him, I do have a feeling that some teams, if this holds out any longer, are going to be if they aren't already sending some trades Pierre Dorian's way in Ottawa. So <clears throat> obviously he already, well, it's widely been reported that he turned down an eight year, $8 million deal. So I don't know what team in the league could give him more than that right now. I can tell you, but I, with the I power think it's friendly. <laughs> I, I think it's less the money. I think it's more the term. I think he doesn't want to sign somewhere long term like that because he's not, especially Ottawa, because he's not sure what's going to happen there. See, I think yeah, Ottawa's going to be good within the next little along, while. Alongside that, I mean, he's American. Obviously, his brother's American. Uh, do you really think either of those guys want to play in Canadian cities? Probably not. For them. I mean, last, last, se- last season, it was pretty clear Matt wanted out of Calgary because they wouldn't stick up for him when Jake Muzzin flipped a puck at him and the whole rest of the team went to the locker room and he went out there to try and fight Muzzin and no one went to help him. So that's another potential move this middle of the season or off season. If the flames aren't good. Imagine but, seeing the Kachuk brothers together in St. Louis. Yeah. Or I don't Arizona know. or somewhere. I don't know how, no. I don't know how either of those teams would pull that off, but oh, yeah. I mean, Buffalo. St. Louis could get rid of like Tarasenko's contract to start. I'll just take a Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, yeah, I'm but, sure I'm sure Ottawa would take Tarasenko's money for like two extra first round picks and Tarasenko. <laughs> and then either way, it'll be interesting to see how and or if this Brady to Chuck saga ever ends with Ottawa, but Bringing it back to my Leafs, like I almost always do, the Leafs are at a logjam at the winger position right now. They have too many, well, really, I was going to say they have too many left wingers, but they have too many wingers in general right now. The way um, Josh Hosang's playing, I mean, I don't know how they're going to 
but it looks like they're going to at some point. I'm sure they've been talking about it. They wouldn't sign him to a PTO the first day of free agency for no reason. It's obvious there's interest, and he's been really good so far. I think he's been over a point per game in his preseason games. Speaking of, uh, he got another assist in this current preseason game. Nice. So, Hosang's a really good, really good player. I, I, we, when we talked about the signing when it happened, we both agreed that he was the X factor for their offseason because he is someone with a lot of skill, a lot of speed, and just never really caught on with the Islanders for whatever reason. Some will say character flaws, but I think that's a load of bull. No, he seems like a pretty good guy. I yeah, agree with that. I, I think it just wasn't the right fit. And after the after Trotz coming in, you know, if it doesn't work with the first coach, maybe you get lucky with the second coach. Didn't work out. I'm glad that he's found somewhere where he clearly has some chemistry. Yeah. And to that end about the whole character issues thing, you don't have to do a whole lot to piss off Lou Lamorello. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Lou, uh, I believe I saw it right before we started. Someone asked Robin Leonard if any of that um, painkiller stuff was happening on the island. And he was like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) He Um, loves Lou Lamorello. Even if it was somehow, he wouldn't say anything because Lou would probably find him and kill him. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I don't think Leonard's scared of anybody. Have you seen that man? Yeah, it's true. He's six foot five, like 230, 240. And I remember when he got into a fight, I think it was a Canucks player on the Sabres. He just ripped his helmet off. I was at that game. He was was terrifying. That That was like. He was a big boy. He was like, you want to go? Like, you could read his lips. (laughs) I don't know if it was on uh, the radio or during a Sabres broadcast, but uh, Rob Ray once said, you know, I keep looking over at Leonard. He's looking at me and, you know, he threatened me one time and beat the shit out of me. And, you know, I believe him. (laughs) So if Rob Ray is taking notice of a man, I don't think he's afraid of 80 year old Lou Lamorello, but he had, it was a joke. Yeah. Okay. Fair. He he spoke (laughs) very highly of Lou and the entire Islanders organization, especially trots. Cause remember that off season, Buffalo didn't even give him a qualifying offer. It was after he was getting out of rehab. And I remember in his players tribune and he reiterated it on the podcast that a lot of teams would bring him in and kind of just like grill him about his past. And he had to just sit there and take it. Whereas when he went to the Island with trot, I I forget if trots was there yet, but for argument's sake, let's say he was sat him down and just talked to him like a human. And, you know, for someone in that state of his life, that was huge. And so hats off to the whole organization for how they treated a player who needed that kind of treatment. Amen to that. But, yeah, the Leafs are – they're stuck at wing because right now on both sides – so they've got the two top right-wing spots are locked with Matthew – or Marner and Nylander. Those don't move. Left wing spot is up for grabs, and they have like six guys who want that spot right now. They've got Nick Ritchie, Michael Bunting, Nick Robertson, Ilya Mikheyev. Who else? They've got a bunch of wingers at the bottom of the lineup. 
Um, they've got Kerfoot, who plays wing and center. They've got David Camp, who plays wing and center. They've got Jason Spezza, who plays wing and center. They've got Wayne Simmons, who plays wing. Curtis Gabriel. They've got a couple other guys who are pushing their way up through the minors. Josh Hosang, too. Josh Hosang. If they do sign him, is there a spot for him? So when do they have I'm, to sign him by? Uh, I think they could sign him anytime. Sometime before the trade deadline. Yeah. Oh, so he could play on the team with a PTO. No, no, no. no. He he can't only be... in preseason. Correct. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. So cool. if they wanted him in their lineup beyond preseason, they have to sign him. But can if he, they want him for practice? the playoffs, they can wait and kind of have him puttering around on the practice squad. Ah, so Kucherov. Can he practice with a PTO? Yes, except you would only need to give him a league min contract. So the logic, yeah. the logic you fails. Get, you get there. my point. I, I, I get your it's a joke. I get your point, but it just doesn't fit. I just so, came up with the idea to fix Tampa's. No, actually, no. Never mind. It won't work. Never mind. No. One of my bad ideas. Never mind. Goodbye. Stack, continue. Um, they also have Pierre Engvall, who makes a little too much money and just scored in this preseason game. They also signed Nikita Gusev to a PTO. It doesn't look like they're going to sign him. He hasn't done a whole lot. But, obviously, there's a logjam. Someone or some people are going to have to go. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, Ilya Mikheyev requested a trade in the offseason, but has since recanted it, saying he was not happy with, uh, I believe it was his playing time, and that's one thing I saw so far, at least, in the Leafs All or Nothing Amazon Prime documentary. Um, I think he's out of there because, one, they need to give Robertson a spot in the lineup or else he's going to stall. Um, two, Richie is bona fide. Oh, I completely forgot. They have Andre Kasha, too. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they have yeah. a lot. So, they yeah, have, like, prob- 10 wingers problem- for six spots. Problem is, he is destined for the IR. I, I hate to say yeah. it. I, I don't like guys getting hurt. I'd much rather them play, but he's a Band-Aid. Yeah. Hopefully, it, it doesn't stay that way. Uh, I know he's had some concussion issues, but still. They've got too many guys for two little spots. I think one of or both of Mikheyev and Ingval are gone. Because, frankly, the guys they brought in are better. Bunting weight makes less does more Richie will beat your face in and is good for like 20 goals. Same with, well, not the beat your face in part, but Kasha, if he's healthy, is a lock for 20. The Leafs bottom six is going to be really skilled. And obviously again, watching the documentary, that was one thing they were really nervous about last season because Jimmy VC barely scored. Joe Thornton wouldn't score if he wasn't with Matthews and Marner. Um, Spezza had one of the highest point rates on the team, but besides him and after Simmons got hurt, the bottom six didn't have a whole lot going. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I think Mikheyev and Engvall are gone. Um, Engvall, I mean, Mikheyev wants obviously more minutes, so fuck you, go to Arizona. Um, play all you want there. Uh, Engvall... I think he's underrated, and he could be more in this lineup if he played more, but it's obvious Keith is, Keith is pretty reasonable. There's something there he doesn't like. So I could see him going to, I don't know, Ottawa, Buffalo, guys, teams who need a guy right now. 
Um, yeah, well, I don't Buffalo think Buffalo just claimed someone with the best. Le- Buffalo just claimed someone with the best lettuce in the league, and his name is yeah. Axel. <laughs> Axel Rose. Axel Janssen Falby. <laughs> Holy alphabet. All right. Wait. Bajalbly. If you look at his last name. Let me, All uh, right. Let me get you the let me get you the full readout of this guy. He's 23, drafted in 2016 by the Washington Capitals, fifth round. He has played no games in the NHL. Um, last year in the AHL, he had 15 points in 31 games. So mm. not He's, not a nothing burger, but he's, not a... he's he's the bottom six insert name here for when the Sabres are just trying to figure out who the hell they're going to play on this team. Yeah, this Supposedly... is the same team that gave a contract to Dalton Smith. Nothing surprises me anymore. Supposedly to, to play a minute and a half. Supposedly he's pretty fast. I mean, but who uh, who who isn't in the league? As the ref trips Rasmus Dahlin, Amazing. that was cool. Anyway, with that though, we're. You know, running out of time here on the Frozen Four podcast, there is a lot going on behind the scenes in the NHL right now. Obviously, preseason games are happening. No one, there's not a lot of big camp competition going on for almost any team, just kind of figuring out bottom six at this point and bottom pairings and maybe who is the backup for most teams across the NHL. But hockey is still back. Regular season hockey is like what ten days away at this point. We're less getting there. <clears throat> less than that, dude. We, we got to set up our fantasy league. Is October twelfth. I forgot we have to do a fantasy league. Fox, we don't have Fox. to. We want to because Fox, it's fun, and I'm gonna beat your ass. Okay, sure. Jack Eichel, first overall pick. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Dude, galaxy brain right there. I'm getting him for the playoff run. Yeah. <laughs> Who's playoff Nikita, run? Nikita Kucherov. He's going to get hurt hurt again, go on IR, but I want him for the playoffs. Wait, it's a keeper league, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig Anderson, second round pick. Got it, set, we're good. And I'm going to win with Craig Anderson, obviously, duh. But with that, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on in the NHL. And let's get to the behind-the-scenes stuff in our life with some closing time. Josh, what you got for us? Boy, do I have a doozy of a story for you guys. So, well, first of all, I start my first day at Best Buy tomorrow. As I said, I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm getting a shot at WGR. I mean, I know I told you guys I'm working at WBEN, but I'm actually getting a shot at GR now. Um, The producer for Shopin the Bulldog will be out from the 13th to the 19th. So I will be filling in from the 13th to 19th and i am terrified but i'm really excited at the same time um but the real story i wanted to tell you guys so i accidentally didn't send this to steve when it happened but i did send it to luke and stack but i didn't send them the full story because the full story only developed a few hours later so on saturday night my girlfriend and i are here eating pizza my parents were out of town camping so i had to watch my dog and i get up to get the pizza cutter because we had this big slice of pizza and we were like, we don't want this, but like we don't, one of us doesn't want the whole thing. So we're going to cut it in half. So I put the pizza on her plate and then I get up to get the pizza cutter and she like follows me into the kitchen. And then she turns around, sees the dog under the table after he had just been on the table and is like, Oh my God, the dog just ate the pizza. And I was like, Holy shit. 
what the hell? So I get all pissed off and I grab him by the collar and I'm going to take him out the, outside because A, I was mad at him and B, I thought he was going to throw up. So I lean to, I open the door and I lean to grab the cable. And as I swing my head out the door, I hit my eyebrow on the door frame, slicing my eyebrow open. And I don't know if you guys can see the, the, the cut. It's not very big, but all of a sudden I just start bleeding. And she's like, oh, my God. She's, like, freaking out. And I'm like, what? And she's like, no, no, you're fine. And I'm like, I don't sound fine. <laughs> so long story short, I didn't need stitches. My cousin came over. She's, like, an EMT and stuff. So she patched up my eye. And then fast forward two hours later, we're packaging the pizza. Like, we have leftover pizza in the tinfoil. Before I got up to get the pizza cutter, I put the piece of pizza in the pizza box. So the dog didn't eat the pizza. I got mad at him for no reason. And I hit my head on the door for no reason. Oh, Josh. I promptly apologized to Radar. He he was fine. I gave him a treat. He was happy. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was how Saturday went for me. Saturday night anyways. Um, I got like a puffy eyebrow and a cut above my eye. So that's kind of cool. But... Other than that, fantastic times were had by all. Josh. Buddy. Josh. See, I can't talk. You guys all know I can't talk in this realm. So I'm I'm just going to stifle myself. I try. I try. I'm trying to not like Grace is trying to get me to not take full responsibility. Because she's like, whose else's responsibility would be for you hitting your head on a door frame? Well, you hit an inanimate object. She's trying to take responsibility because she said, if I didn't freak out and think he ate the pizza, because I knew I put it in the box, but as soon as she started freaking out, I was like, oh my God, he went into the box and got the pizza. But in my head, I was like, oh my God, he got it off the plate. Because I was just like, boom, 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 like, go, go, go. And my point stands. You hit your face onto a door frame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that one's on you, buddy. That right. that part in itself is on you. Is is the freaking out maybe a little bit on her? Sure. But no. But <laughs> it is it is on you, bud. No, no. Me, <laughs> Sir Josh is dumb. A little bit. With that though, Stack, what you got for us for closing time? All right. Well, I I didn't want to depress the mood, but um, uh, a friend of mine and a, a closer friend of a lot of my friends um, passed away late last week, early last weekend. Um, I, I, you know, I never really met this dude in person, but I knew he was a ray of sunshine. I knew his family. Some of my family is really close with theirs. And yeah. That was my cat sneezing. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, no. My cat. Okay. I know this is weird to put in the middle of this, but my cat, um, she was born in a hoarding house. So she's one miniature compared to a normal size adult cat. But the downside is she has respiratory issues. So she always is sneezing. So. Yeah. Yeah, we get we find little uh, booger surprises around the house all the time, <laughs> but she's adorable, so it makes up for it. Um, anyways, 
um, Spira, rest in peace. Um, great dude from all accounts. Ray of Sunshine, I talked to him multiple times. I remember sending him a paper I wrote um, once and just, he always stuff like snap stories and I always slide up and, you know, he always held it down. He was real, like, just a great dude and he's going to be missed. That's all I got. Steve, what do you got? Well, uh, sorry for your loss and loss to his family. Thoughts and prayers, Thank you, uh, Thank you. of course. Um, so th this weekend, I made my uh, coaching debut for the Fredonia Club Hockey Blue Devils as they came into my neck of the woods playing Brockport. Unfortunately, we fell 4-3. to three, And more unfortunately, I did not get a bench miner. I tried really hard. I told the ref he was a fucking idiot, but, you know. I guess he had a little thicker skin than I was expecting. That's but, disappointed in you. Right? Hey, it's not about me. It's about the boys. And they played a hell of a third period. Uh, it was their first, you know, tough game since, you know, eight, 18 months when Stack and I were still suiting up for them. So, you know, they, they got their first taste of what club hockey can really be like. It was a hard-fought game, a lot of penalties, a lot of chirping, and their goalie who liked to punch people after the play. That that was entertaining. And then their team, very classlessly, was chirping our uh, injured netminder on the bench I after the game when everyone had left, except them because they treated like it was a Stanley Cup win. Guess what? We'll be back, and we were going to beat your ass. What? Yeah, that's uh, a... Oh, it was a very weird night. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> I would have said to get a, to solidify yourself for a bench miner next time, just jump on the ice and just, you know. I mean, if they're classless... <laughs> Boy, there's I still, wish there's I was still playing. a line. No, no. You're making fun of an injured goalie on the bench. Like, come well, on. Well, it's not like he wasn't hurt during the game. What? Oh, okay. But, All right. Yeah. They, I it, it, he was like injured in the game and they were chirping him because he got okay hurt. we have gotten sidetracked because <laughs> i'm sleepy so <laughs> the, the point is i had a great time i was honored to be behind the bench for these guys they made it really easy for me um i know half of their names so the other half of them luckily were all named fucker and <laughs> they they have you'll, graduated you'll like that sometimes they have graduated to maggot I mean, I probably would have gone to Dumbass next, unless that's your next one after Maggot. I don't know. I saw the movie Major Pain recently, so that's where that comes from. But overall, it, it, it was great to see see the guys. They worked, worked their tails off, and you know they've got a very bright future this season. I, I expect great things from them. I know they're going to work hard. Coach Shear, Coach, Coach Eastman are going to get them prepared, and I'll keep you guys posted on how their season goes. Hell yeah, we'd love to hear that. We're hoping to hear Fuck next yeah. time you're behind the bench. You uh, get that bench miner um, like you promised us. So as of right now, you are 0 for 1. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure you keep a tally of that here on the Pro Sport Pod. And keep a tally of how many times Steve gets a bench miner. So far, it's zero because he did not do a good enough job. All I really got is, I don't know, the Bills are good. Another shutout. Spencer Brown is the Spencer best. Spencer Brown is my favorite, my favorite Buffalo Bill. Uh, for those that don't know, 
find on Twitter the video of him looking over Desmond King, the cornerback for the or Texans. Mind you, Spencer Brown is six foot eight. Desmond King is five foot ten. So <laughs> King apparently was trying to, you know, probably talk some smack. You know, it's a football game; they're down by a lot. Spencer Brown literally did the old, the old school. I'm taller than you. Put his hand over his eyebrows, like, "Who's talking to me? I can't see you." And then he looked at me. He's like, had his hand up. He's like, "Hey, you're you're down here, bud. You're short. Like, calm yourself. You ain't gonna win this fight." The Dawson Knox flop was also very nice. <laughs> What's wrong with being short? <laughs> You're one to talk there, Luke. Yeah, I was going to say, the short king is being uh, attacked, and then another hey, short hey, another hey, short person is doing hey, the attacking. Hey, all I'm saying is... Uh, shut up. Anyway. Hey, hey, they have very great low centers of gravity. Yes. Anywho... Like I said, there's going to be big news coming for me in the coming weeks. While I get that squared away, I don't want to give too much information away to you guys. All I'm saying is there's going to be a lot more content pushed out by yours truly. And the rest of this team here on the Frozen 4 pod. But, like I said, we are 10 days or less. I'm not sure the exact day because I am I think a it's horrible hockey the, fan. It's, it's 10 days for the Sabres home opener. I know that. But who cares about that? No one. Because there's going to be like 5,000 people in the stands. That's it. But we are 10 days or less away from regular season hockey, opening night of hockey. So as I say every week, be safe, be smart, and go watch some hockey.